Thank you guys. Appreciate y'all doing all of that. All 20 of you now. It's all 20 of you now. It seemed, I mean, I know we just added one, but it seems like we added so many more or something. I don't know. Makes up for all the Sundays where it's like the Tennessee three. So, but uh, no, great stuff. Um, I want to say a quick uh, thank you to uh, uh, our church family here that has uh, been checking on our family over the last week or two. Uh, as uh, I, I was sick a couple weeks ago, and that went on for a while, um, and then uh, then this week my uh, my wife and kids are now all sick with something different, which is more shorter in the term part of that. But uh, anyway, it's it's made things interesting at the house, not to mention uh, the loss of my brother-in-law. So, uh, but I just want to say thank you for everybody that's reached out to us. We really appreciate that and. Uh, it means more than you know. Aaron uh, messaged me last week. I was laying in bed, and uh, she was here with you guys at this time during the service. And um, you know, she just messaged me saying, that "This is where I needed to be today." And uh, she gave me a bunch of reasons why, but it was it was just it was great uh, for me to hear uh, you know those reasons and and just how comforting it was for her to be here with the body uh, last Sunday morning worshiping. Uh, so anyway, thank you. A um, couple things I uh, just want to make quick mention of. Uh, we uh, Our staff has been on staff retreat for the last uh, few days, actually, uh, and uh, just praying and uh, kind of planning and seeking, you know, what, what the future holds and things that we're going to be uh, doing over this coming year and that kind of thing, setting a lot of calendar things, things like that. Uh, but uh, uh, just, uh, you know, just an amazing time that we had together. Um, and I'll probably mention some of that here in a little while. Uh, we do have a lot of stuff coming up, a uh, lot of lot of things happening. One of those things I'll make quick mention of, I know Ben's going to mention a whole bunch of things, but we have uh, our church-wide retreat in February. Uh, we are moving locations, moving places. Um, I know. Yeah, they kicked us out finally. Um, after they overcooked everybody's steaks that ordered one, I don't know that we could have gone back. Uh, I was more afraid for them than us. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, no, we're we're going to be uh, having that at Montgomery Bell this coming year, uh, and it is super nice. Um, and uh, we've got a deal where it's uh, all food and uh, lodging included together and all this kind of stuff, and uh, it'll be catered for us and all those kinds of things. So um, anyway, uh, just excited about that. I'll make mention of that. I think it's uh, the February the 16th, 17th, uh, that kind of thing. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I know that feels far away. It's not. It's not that far away. Uh, it's uh, Thanksgiving in like a week and a half or something. Is that right? That's so weird. Um, but okay. That's, uh, we'll go with it. Uh, also, just want to make mention uh, if you're a member, you know about this, and I'm encouraging you to go seek it out. I know we had one or two uh, families, definitely one family. I know Jeff Crow uh, posted about it that is uh, in need of clothes for some teenagers, uh, I believe was what I remember from that post. Uh, lost everything they had in a fire in Clarksville. 
Uh, so uh, if you're a member, you can go to the member page and see all that. Uh, that's one of the things about being a member is we post stuff like that there all the time. Needs for people like that we can like jump in together as a body and help uh, that we can't just make public uh, all the time. You know what I'm saying? So um, anyway, one of the one of the pros to being a member, but uh, uh, that's probably the only pro to being a member. I'm guessing, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, man, we love our members and they're great. Um, so yeah, all right, let's jump back into this. Not condemned. We're in uh, our study on Romans eight. If you've got a Bible and want to get it out, then uh, do so. We're going to Romans chapter 8. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles, and uh, they will uh, get you one. Uh, and if you don't own one, you can keep that one. We'd love for you to take it with you and consider it a gift. But uh, Romans chapter 8 uh, is uh, what we've been studying through for the last many weeks. Uh, we're going to continue to study through that. I'll, I'll give you a little... Uh, a little tidbit here. Um, the, the passage that comes after the one that we're doing today, I'm going to skip, not because I don't like it, but because I'm going to come back and do it later because I need the calendar of messages that we made to uh, to work out going into Christmas. Um, and uh, honestly, I feel like uh, the, pa the next passage that would have been next, uh, and it's because I got sick, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, we, we need to, we need to kind of move some stuff around. But anyway, you wouldn't probably pay attention to it unless I told you, uh, except for, you know, next week when, you know, it starts into another passage and we skipped a few verses. So, but, uh, anyway, we'll come back to that later. But, uh, today we're in Romans 8, 18 through 25, uh, is what we're talking about today. And, um, you know, this passage is a, it's a great passage, by the way. It's a, such a great passage, such a, a comforting passage. Uh, if you're willing to do the work to figure out, you know, what's the Lord trying to say to us here? Uh, such a comforting passage, uh, uh, in a season of loss, uh, like my family's in and like some other families are in. Uh, you know, that's, you know, th there's, there's a lot to this. Uh, and and I, I'm, I'm excited for us to get to study it together because of that. Uh, in fact, let's just go ahead. Can we read that together? Let's read 18 through 25 together, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Uh, verse 18 says this. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience." Um, I want to pray for us. Let's pray. God, we just ask that you would speak to us through your word. God, be with us as your church. Help guide us, lead us, 
in all the things, but especially as we understand your word. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. God, I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified in all that we do here. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. In his name, we pray all of this. Amen. So this passage speaks to suffering. It speaks to hope. Um, you know, it's there, there's a lot here. And to be honest with you, it's, it's quite a lot for one message to really try to break it down uh, expositorily, uh, if that's a word. And, uh, and, and try to really, really get all of it. Uh, and we may not get all of it, but we're going to get a great majority of it today. Uh, you know, if you go back and actually look at verse 17, which we studied a few weeks ago, verse 17 actually brings a, about an understanding of something that he starts into here, which is suffering. Verse 17, it says this, it says, and if children then heirs, talking about us and then heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. That verse in the passage that we studied before has this understanding that we will suffer with Christ, you know? And, and I think um, there's, there's, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people that really hope for Christianity and Christ to be this key to never suffering. And the truth is, is that's not true. Um, in fact, uh, you know, I don't want to get into, you know, too many TV preachers or whatever, but, you know, if, if, if you pay close attention to, to some of them, not all of them, to some of them, you'll find that there are ones out there that absolutely refuse to talk about suffering, refuse to talk about the blood of Jesus. Uh, I mean, uh, the list goes on, but basically they want everything to be a Cinderella story. And the truth is, is that Cinderella still suffered. And we as believers are still going to suffer. That's a part of life. And in this passage today, you know, for us to kind of come away with this understanding that, you know, that if we're going to be heirs with Christ, then we would suffer with him. What that meant, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, is, is that there will be suffering in this life for us. But that that suffering is not in vain, okay? That suffering is not in vain. That God uses our suffering. You ever watched somebody go through one of the hardest moments of their life and you think to yourself, man, I don't know how they're doing this right now. I talked to my sister-in-law the first of this week i had literally no voice for almost over a week i guess and finally got my voice back first part of this week got to talk to her on the phone i've still not seen her in person since uh he passed but uh we talked on the phone for a little while and she was worried about trying to take care of uh the worship team for the funeral that's going to be doing the service and all this kind of stuff and what should she do for them and I finally just just told her, it may not have been the best choice of words, but I just said, look, I said, they're not looking for you to do anything for them. Right now, they're all wondering how you're going to get through this. I said, and that's just being honest. And the truth is, is that as we watch people suffer, we see, we see who Jesus is in their lives based on how they choose to suffer. Suffering's hard. I mean, it's suffering for a reason, right? You know? 
But suffering can be extremely hard. And at times during suffering, because, you know, yeah, we can, sometimes we have our moments in suffering where we're like, oh, yeah, no, let's glorify the Lord, and I'm trusting in Him, and I'm holding fast to the to the anchor that is that is Christ in my life and all the promises of God and all of these things, you know, and that's that's great. And then there's moments in that where we struggle. Maybe that suffering's been drawing out. Maybe it's getting longer than what we thought that it would be. You ever been in one of those? I know I have. I know I have some friends in that right now too. And it's hard. It's hard. But the Lord wants to use our suffering. In fact, if if I may, and I'm just just gonna throw it back to our boy Piper, he he actually listed out five reasons that we see that these are at least five reasons. It's probably not all of the reasons, but at least five reasons that we see for suffering in Scripture. The first one is repentance, and I'm gonna I'll throw you. A, uh, a scriptural reference for each one, if you want. Luke 13, the first one is repentance, that it leads us to repentance. Suffering leads us to repentance, Luke 13. The second one that he says uh, is that uh, so that we will rely on God, Second Corinthians 1, 8 through 9, so we will rely on God. The third one is that we will, that he will in us refine and increase righteousness and holiness in us hebrews 12 6 through 11 the fourth one is that we are building up a reward in heaven second corinthians 4 16 and the fifth one is that he will reveal through that the evil of our sin which is coming from this passage today in romans 8 18 through 23 and that's how I found his list. I think we're in the middle of suffering. We ask questions like, why, Lord? Why do I have to go through this? This isn't fun. I don't like this. It's uncomfortable. It's not what I wanted. Why do you want it? Why are you allowing this to happen right now, right? God uses all these things for his glory. And so therein lies this phrase that I have used for years, which is, don't waste your suffering. Don't waste your suffering. Let God be seen through it in you. Follow him. Let him be glorified in it. I'm not, I'm not saying play the fake game, you know, like, you know, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm happy. I'm real happy, you know. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying hold fast to the Lord. Seek Him. Let Him show you what it's like for Him to be able to give you comfort in the middle of the storm when it makes no sense that you should be able to have comfort. And watch what happens as He is glorified through you to the people around you. That's not fake. That's God working. That's him being glorified. If we go back to verse 18 here, verse 18, it says this. It says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time <coughs> are not worth comparing 
with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. That's a great statement for us today. That statement for us today is helping us to understand something. It's helping us to understand that if we could see into the future, if Doc and Marty were here with a DeLorean, and the door comes up, and we put the stuff inside the Mr. Fusion on the back, or whatever, I think he modified it there in the end, but we didn't have that anymore, but, you know, and we were able to go into the future, right? We wouldn't just see what's going on with Marty's parents, if we could go all the way into the future to Christ's return and see what the Lord has for us, this passage is saying to us, there would be no comparison. We wouldn't ask, why, Lord? Why am I going through this right now? We would say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for bringing me through that. Thank you for allowing me to suffer in your name, that I would go through that, that I would get to hear and be with you. It's so hard for us to imagine because our minds are working, you know, on this plane of the here and the now, you know. You know, I, that's, that's a whole different back to the future, by the way, <laughs> you know to think about i mean because you know we we we, we love movies like that and and they're yeah it's cool that they're traveling around in time and you know get the sports betting magazine or whatever it is and you know make your millions but to think about what's going to happen when the lord returns is a whole nother thing whole nother thing it's so hard for us to see past our sufferings you know, my nieces and nephews, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, my wife's sister, Lena, and her husband, Steve. Steve passed, um, I guess it was last week, about a week and a half ago now. Uh, very surreal. Very unexpected. Died in his sleep. Don't really, heart attack, maybe something, I don't know. Um, but uh, they have 11 children. And some of the children are grown many of them are still not grown. And so all of these children and my kids, of course, this is, these are my kids only cousins, legit cousins anyway, blood cousins. Well, technically that's not true, but whatever. Both my wife and her sister were both adopted separately at different times, but we won't get into that. <laughs> They're our family. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I won't lie to you, so I couldn't just not say it. But, you know, here here are these kids, you know, that are asking questions like, you know, what's what's going to happen next? Their mom has had a tumor in her arm now for many years, which has been an ongoing problem for her where she's had to be medicated. Up until this summer, she was so medicated she couldn't even function. The Lord actually impressed on her. She had to get off of those meds. And really, at the end of the day, she feels like now looking back on it, that she was 
uh, when she, and I think she knew this at the time, even still though, which was part of the the conviction in her heart, was that she had become an addict to the drugs that she had been put on, the pain medications, and that she was actually medicating the pain that she was getting from medication. And so, really felt impressed to get off that, got off of that, and then you know now is more clear in life, obviously. And then this happens. And then, and I was waiting for it, and it took about five days, and I was still sick. And finally, Aaron comes down from putting the kids to bed one night, and one of the kids finally asked the question, well, what happens if you or daddy die? You know? Suffering comes in all sorts of ways. But the truth is, is that God can use every bit of it for his glory. Verse 19 goes on, it says, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. When we are glor glorified, so will creation. There's this interesting thing that happened during the fall. We, we talk about the fall. We talk about Adam and Eve and the fall of man, right? Talking about sin entering into the world, right? And I think most of the time when we're, when we're talking about that, we're thinking about sin entering the world and how that affected us as men and women you know, and how that, you know, has affected the world. Well, it, it affected the world in ways that I don't think that we're always paying attention to, but really it affected even God's creation itself, you know. And so for us to have this understanding that not only did things change for man, but things changed for the creation, like the creation isn't actually what it's supposed to be just like us as people, you know, our sin has interrupted God's design for us. Now, Jesus comes back, all this will be made new. Us, the creation, all the things, but they go hand in hand. And I think that that's important for us, which blows my mind because, I mean, we were leaving retreat. The retreat yesterday, uh, we have a family that allows us to use a lake house that they have and has allowed us to do this for years, and it's such a blessing to us, I can't tell you. And it's so beautiful up there. And, and you know, we were we were leaving and, and driving. Ben and I were coming back. Uh, I was driving, and uh, we were passing, you know, Kentucky Lake. And I was just like, man, how beautiful is that, you know? And And as I was looking at that... When I was thinking about this and was like, what's it really supposed to look like? This is the version that we got, which is really pretty, really amazing. It, it in of itself, bodies of water like it have, you know, created entire industries of people to, you know, fish, hunt around, all of these things, just beautiful. But what's the Lord really have? For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing 
of the sons of God. We talked about uh, last time that we are the sons of God. Those of us who have believed in Christ, trusted in him, and he is our savior, we have become sons of God. And remember, if you remember, I made a couple jokes about, you know, how he's real, like, specific about the whole sons of God thing and not to leave out the ladies, but he's actually calling men and women sons. And the reason that Paul is using that terminology is that he wants us to understand that like back then where everyone who was a son, especially a firstborn, that they got the rights to the inheritance. And Paul is saying, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, you're all sons. In other words, you all get the inheritance through Christ. And how amazing that is. And so in the moment that we go and are with the Lord, the creation, this creation, the universe, this world, is waiting for a new reveal for when we too are glorified. It will also be glorified and be made new into the thing that he originally wanted it to be to begin with. Verse 20 goes on. It says, For the creation was subjected to futility. In other words, it was alienated, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. The creation was subjected to futility, was alienated from what it was supposed to be, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. Well, who, who subjected it? There's a little back and forth here, and it would be easy to say, well, it was Adam's fault. You know, we can all blame it on, on Adam, right? You know, or for that matter, we can, for the guys, just to make y'all feel good for at least a half second before your wife punches you inside of the face, you know, you could say it was Eve's fault, right? Good luck with that. Um, the truth is, if it had been us, we would have fallen too. And the truth is, is that Adam couldn't himself, or Eve, couldn't themselves subject the creation to it. The Lord had to do that. The Lord had to do that. Don't, Adam and Eve didn't have that kind of power, right? Now, yes, they, they're, they're, it was their blooper that kind of led in that direction, but we know it was God, as he is the only one who gives hope. And if you see that, there's this in hope piece for the creation was subject, subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Creation, the creation that should have been, we've still never seen. Alienated from itself, alienated from us. And the truth is, is that God is the one that gives hope and God is the one that allowed this to happen. He subjected it, alienated it from what it's supposed to be for a time, for a time, because there is a hope, right? There is a hope. And so we take that hope and we take it into verse 21 and it says, you know, and if you read it, it says in hope, and then verse 21, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So the creation in of itself will be set free, 
just like we will be set free, right? And we will get to enjoy it. And you think that it glorifies God now to go out and see parts of this beautiful creation. Just wait. Just wait to what God's going to do with it, right? I was walking back to my new-to-me blue forerunner yesterday, and uh, the color especially kind of pops when it's just sitting kind of amongst a bunch of trees, but it had a lot of leaves and stuff on it. And immediately my eyes were drawn. My eyes are drawn to bright colors. No surprise there, probably if you've known me for any length of time whatsoever. Um, if not anything else, you know, just designated by the cars that I've owned over the years, right? Viper yellow, vibrant red, whatever. Um, but on the hood of my car, there were all these leaves, but there was one leaf and it, and it just, and it just bounced the color of it bounced to my eyes. It was Daisy's birthday yesterday. And I thought, I immediately saw that leaf and I thought, Daisy wants that leaf. I'm taking that home to her. It's this bright red leaf. Not normally a leaf guy, okay? But, and I just wonder, like, what have we not seen? Are there colors we haven't seen? Are there you know, I mean, I mean, it's endless, like the thought that could go into like, what have we not seen? I mean, we're great as a people, our creativity that we got from being designed in the image of God, who is the creator of the universe, our creativity has allowed us as people to create things far and wide that are just amazing, right? I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that we've created, including characters and animals that don't exist or, you know, whatever, you know, mermaids, you know, which by the way are not princesses. Me and my wife argue about that. <laughs> so, so, some of the ladies in here just bucked up right now. They're like, I am going to war for Ariel. You can join my wife. Move it to the back. But I mean, you think about that. Just think about like what the Lord has for us. How amazing that is. And, and to be reminded that all of this is tied together in helping us to understand that our suffering isn't in vain. And that he wants to use the things of our past, the mistakes that we've made to restore us and his creation in the future. Verse 22, it goes on, it says, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Now, some of you just had terrible flashbacks, and I'm sorry. My wife would be one of them. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. You see, until creation has been set free, it groans and longs for what it was originally created to be. Think about that for a second. Until it's been set free, it groans and it longs 
waiting to be set free. The world is waiting to give birth to the new version of itself. And if you go to verse 23, you see that creation is not the only thing groaning. We are too. It says, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons and redemption of our bodies. The first fruits here is just the beginning of what God has for us. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption of sons and the redemption of our bodies. Now, we've gained adoption through Christ, right? But the completion of our salvation is waiting for that moment in which we are glorified with the Lord. Now, we're saved. Don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody walking out here and going, oh, Chris said we're not saved yet. No, we are. But the completion of God's plan in us is that when we go on to be with the Lord or Jesus comes back first, whichever one happens first, right? That whichever one happens first, that we too will be glorified with God himself. We will be made new. We will be given new bodies. Say, that sounds crazy. Yeah, it does. I mean, we were just thinking about the creation, right? Some of you are like wanting to know, can you like, you know, check off the list, like what you get in this new body, right? Some of y'all want to leave some of it behind, right? I know. But we, God's sons and daughters, are groaning till we get these new bodies. And so it leaves us as a people and this creation longing for the what hasn't happened yet, right? And in verse 24, it says, For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? For in this hope we were saved. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And again, that's hard for us. Hard for us to imagine that the best is yet to come. We spent, me and some of the guys, some, some of our pastors, stayed up way too late a couple nights ago. He was trying to sleep. <laughs> and we got, we got to telling stories. Uh, I was about to go to bed, actually. And the rest of them came in from the fire, which I was not partaking of because I was trying to protect my voice. And uh, But they came in, and they had started in on this conversation of all of the things that we have seen in the last 19 years of 24 Church. And, uh, and so that's a rabbit hole, and we all fell into it. And before it was over with, we're laughing and we're crying. And, I mean, it's not like sad crying. It's laughing crying, okay? 
and uh you know and i and i just i told them that we had had dinner even uh earlier that night or night before i forget which earlier that night and i told them that when we were at that restaurant and we were all sitting at the table that i i just had this thought to myself only by the grace of god are we all still here doing this it's just amazing i mean truly truly amazing to me and i just thought about you know, all the amazing things that we've seen God do. And that yet, the best is yet to come. He's still got so much he wants to do here, now. But anything he's going to do here and now still won't hold a candle to when Jesus returns and what that's going to be like. God has been so good to us. Only by his grace are we here. Greater things are still to come. Verse 25, our last verse goes on. It says, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit, right? Something that the Lord gives us. Sometimes he gives more of us more patience than others, right? But he will give you more if you ask. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We hope in the work of Jesus. That's what we're hoping for. We're hoping for him. We're hoping for him to return. We're hoping for all the promises to all be completed. I mean, he's kept his promises to now. Just imagine what it's going to be like when all of them are completed at one time. And the creation is made new. And we are made new. It's all brand new. How nuts will that be, right? And I felt like I had to read this passage, just a short passage. Revelation 21, 1 says this. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. What? And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with him, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true.
God is going to renovate. God is going to restore not just our souls, but our physical bodies. And not just us, but the entire universe, the cosmos. He's going to change it. Like what? What's that going to be like? It's all going to be put right. We know that. And the globe, as we know it, will become what it was always intended to be. Hard for us to imagine. Because our minds, like going into the future, just getting into DeLorean and going far enough to, you know, get the sports almanac, come back, you know. But there's so much more. But the most important of which today is this question for you. And that is, has Jesus made you new? Do you know him? You trusted in him to be your savior? Jesus died and rose again. He took the death that we deserve on the cross to pay the penalty that was owed for our sin, paid the ransom, that we would get a pass, that we would get forgiveness, that we would be saved, that we would have new life. And when that day comes, me be made completely brand new, all brand new. Is that you today? I hope so. If it's not, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to talk with you about it. I'll be out in the foyer in just a minute. When I get done praying, that's where I'll be. Let's pray together about it. God, we are reminded today of how great you are. God, we are reminded of how amazing it is. The, not just that these are words, but they're promises. And Lord, we're reminded today that you keep your promises, and you've always kept your promises. And we know you're going to keep these promises. And Lord, I want to thank you now for what you're going to do then. But God, I also want to thank you now for what you've already done through your son, Jesus. God, that we may know you, that we may have an understanding of your word by hearing from your Holy Spirit because of you speaking to our hearts, you revealing yourself to us. God, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that we have, Lord, to come to you now. God, we love you. God, I pray and lift up anyone right now, Lord, that doesn't know you as their Savior. God, I pray that right now, that if you're speaking to their heart, Lord, if they're willing, God, I pray that they would cry out to you and say, God, save me today. Make me new today. God, make me a part of your family today. God, forgive me of my sin. I lay it at your feet. God, be the Lord of my life. Lead me and guide me through the rest of my days. God, I pray, Lord, that you would do that work in the life of those that are lost. 
God, may today they be found. God, for those of us who know you, God, may you be glorified in us as we go. We ask this today in your son's name.